Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of Rift Reaction, a new Spotify original that focuses on League of Legends esports with me, Travis Gafford. And me, Emily Rand. We're going to get into who we are in just a second. But first, this is your new weekly listen to find out how we feel about all things League of Legends esports. Obviously, we're based in North America, so we're going to talk a lot about LCS and all that. But as this week will prove, we're also going to talk about Europe and everywhere else. And what a great time to be starting the show then with MSI. Now, we also want to get your opinions on stuff. So normally we'd be talking about a poll or a Q&A that maybe we've done with you. But first, because this is our first episode, we're going to actually just talk about who we are. So, uh, Emily, my longtime friend and colleague, who are you? I don't know. Uh, no. So my name is Emily Rent, and previously I was a journalist. I started playing League of Legends in 2012. I did not start writing about it, though, until 2014 when I started writing for a website that is now defunct called GG Chronicle. Other places I have written for include Riot's own website when they had a lot more articles on there on LOL Esports. The Score Esports, Yahoo Esports, where we work together, my personal fave, and then most recently ESPN. And I have also, uh, as of this year, been an analyst for the LCS broadcast. A very, very accomplished person. And uh, we've, we've worked together, as you just said. My, my story starts a decade ago. Uh, oh, just about because this summer will it'll be have been ten years that I've been doing this. Congratulations! Yeah, I don't. It's a it, very long time. You say congratulations. Sometimes it feels like a curse, especially, especially on a day like today, which we'll get into uh, with the MSI results being what they are. But uh, I've I've worked independently in the beginning. Started a show called State of the League, so people might see SOTL still in my name in certain places. Uh, we uh, I ended up working at Gamespot and did a bunch of stuff with them covering League of Legends esports. And then over at Yahoo, as you said, with you. And then finally for the past three and a half years, coming up on four, I think. I don't know, I'm losing track of all time. I've been working on my own. All right, MSI happened. And I am sad, Emily. The rumble stage is over. I, I had a lot of copium over the past week or so. And, uh, and now, now I'm coming down from it and it doesn't feel good. Do you want to tell everybody what happened today as we're recording this? So, Cloud9, mathematically, against all odds, could have still made semifinals at the beginning of the day. However, they did not because they were at a point where their fate was out of their hands. And, you know, Mad Lions beat RNG. And when did their fate leave their hands, would you say? I think it left their hands as early as day two, I believe. Oh. It was it was pretty it was pretty early on, uh, and then I think their the their fate was sealed on day three in terms of it never not being in their hands after that day. Really? Okay, I thought it was yesterday whenever they lost to Pentanet and in a very very embarrassing manner after beating RNG. Well, they still had to rely on. Initially, it was PSG, but then PSG started doing really, really well, and Mad Lions had that bad day three, yeah. I believe. So then uh, by that point, I believe their fate was out of their hands, and they kind of had to rely on other teams to lose in a way while they would also have to win the vast majority of their games. All right. Well, whatever. I had I had told myself that they were still they still were in this, and then apparently it was even, even worse than I thought. All right. So... 
there are two interesting things that are going to happen over this next week. One is everybody's going to do the thing that we do twice a year after MSI and Worlds where we go, well, it's the players that are the problem or the fans or the ping or the server or the coaches or the owners or any of this stuff. And everybody will wax philosophically about why it is that North America seems to struggle so much. This is a 30 to 35 minute show. I don't think we need to get into that yet. People have heard that so many times. Yeah, and there's... So I will say this. I have a lot of opinions on North American League of Legends. However, the just to describe what's going on in the ecosystem is honestly like incredibly nuanced. And I think whenever one thing is put forward, it's always discussed in a vacuum. And then you have to... The most important thing to me anyway is to add all of this really necessary context that takes a long time but actually i think it'd be a fun episode to dive or fun conversation to dive into on a future episode so maybe we'll do that but for now let's talk about why it is that cloud nine loss because i said that two things were going to happen one everybody talked about north america the second thing that seems to already be sparking a conversation i saw ls talk about how this team might have still been the best team that North America's ever sent to an international event. Grab seemed to agree. Mad Lions came out. Multiple members, I think, of their team said good things. Uh, in fact, we have a clip. I'll get to it in just a second, but I want to get your opinion first. Uh, everybody's trying to figure out how catastrophic this Cloud9 crumble was. So I want to hear from you. What do you think, Emily? So I think the first thing I want to say is that they don't have bad players, which seems to be automatically a reaction whenever an NA team does poorly is everyone's like, oh, it's, you know, the players just know. Like, I actually think these five players are all very, very talented individuals. The second thing is C9 lost in a lot of different ways with a variety of drafts. However, I think there are some commonalities in some of the mistakes that they made, particularly involving their focus on Drake's and their um, kind of not inability to cross map, but when you look at a team like Mad Lions or when you look at a team like Royal Never Give Up, which tends to over index on side lanes and, and cross mapping, I think that North America sometimes has the opposite problem where they over index on Drake's and they focus a little bit too much around the mid lane in a way that's not particularly healthy. And I think those were also apparent. So I do think there are commonalities in some of their losses. However, I also think that it was very interesting how they lost because I don't think in in each of these games, there's one point that everyone has pointed to at a different point in every single game where they're like, this game is over at this point. You know, when Blabber gets caught out in the river here or when this scuttle fight happens at three minutes with this very risky draft or at, at this other moment, you know? And while I think sometimes that's the case, especially with that Kindred draft that I think was, you know, very focused in terms of what it wanted to do, I, I think there are commonalities in their losses actually. All right. You mentioned a lot of times. I almost cut it there. It was just like, it was always the scuttle. I feel like it was always the scuttle. You know, uh, okay, obviously there were these weird moments where things went awry. You, you mentioned you don't want to talk about it being the players, but honestly, I, how do you feel about Perks and Blabber at this tournament? Because I think people would have felt going into this that they would be the two people that would shine the most and that other players, like Fudge, for instance who did not end up being a liability would be the liability for the team. So I don't know if, if what you think of all this kind of conversations going on around perks and, 
and blabber, but it does feel like there's a lot of disappointment in how they performed. Yeah, so I think they're, it's not mutually exclusive to say that Blabber and Perks underperformed and to also say that they're talented players. Because we've seen both of them perform at a higher level than I think they did at this tournament, irrespective of their competition. Because I feel like whenever someone brings up, they're like, oh, they're against you know greater competition. But um, we have seen this happen i think if you if you actually look at the way they play it's not a competition thing right like blabber is not over forcing some of these plays in north america um a, a lot of these things were kind of weird unforced errors that is slightly concerning but i don't take a step back and then think oh these are terrible players i think oh they had a rough tournament i, well, I i'm not saying they're terrible either i just like i think it is disappointing and I don't understand what happened, right? Like you, you expect when C9 signs perks and I like, I, everybody loves to let, use the, the money and the salaries. as like a, a bat against people. And it, that gets a little frustrating for me, but they made an incredible significant investment in this player expecting that he would be the one. If anyone on the team could actually help them succeed at these international events. I, I don't know. Maybe he was doing a lot from like, a macro sense but it seemed like they were struggling a lot in the macro uh areas of the game as well so it's just kind of like i don't i don't understand emily what happened uh here with perks and I, it's it's really disappointing for me yeah i think there's kind of there's been an over reliance a bit because i think on previous teams perks was like talking to the g2 guys you know they were like he's the team and we've you and I have talked about this off of this podcast about how we didn't expect Perks to ever leave G2 because that's how important he was to that team and the way that they played. But him having come to North America, I feel like whenever players come to North America from other regions, the expectation is always that they're suddenly going to play on the exact same level or do the exact same things. And I actually think that has not been the case a lot more than it has been the case so i do think that to do better internationally is one of the reasons that you get perks obviously and then i also think that there are a lot of interesting things that this c9 team did that if they can remember uh and through an entire split back in north america they will be able to attend the world championship with more experience. All right. Well, the whole point in bringing this up was just, and to kind of put a pin in the conversation, how bad or good did C9 do here? So I don't, I don't know if you think they sucked <laughs> just a bit of bluntly, but I think the big thing is people seem to think they did better than their scoreline shows. And, and to that point, I have this quick interview clip. I talked to Kaiser about them and I saw a lot of the Mad Lions folks saying good things about the players and, and obviously this was recorded on the fourth day of Rumble not the fifth and before the Pentanet loss not the after but let's take a listen and I just want to have you hear what he said about this. I mean they're looking strong right I, I won't deny that I think uh, their game against us was a bit unlucky maybe I mean it kind of reminded me of our own games a bit against like PSG for example or even against someone right where we just lose a early game fight and then the game is just completely over, right? Uh, you saw that against uh, us as well in the C9 game. Uh, so, 
I think it just all comes down to like early skirmishing or early like team fighting, uh, like a bit about draft as well, right? I think uh, they have some like some of their comfort picks as well. Like uh, Fudge and Lee Sin was just completely smurfing it uh, the latest games. So maybe maybe whoever gets the Lee Sin, you know, just uh, wins the game. Or I mean, we'll have to see, right? Like we'll talk about it uh, after uh, today's games and we'll analyze uh, C9's games and like look at what makes them strong, right? All right, so that's him giving a little bit of credit to them. We've heard in other conversations some of the other Mad Lions guys stand up for the, the C9 folks, so I guess that's... I'll pose this question to you, and I'll answer it myself, too. Is C9 better than what their scoreline showed? I think they are. I'm glad you brought up Pentanet, though, because there was one thing that kind of concerned me about Cloud9 when I saw them in groups initially, and I said this on broadcast, and it's that they were playing very hesitantly, around everything like there would be a team fight where you know i can remember one against infinity i can still see it in my brain where fudge pops dominus on renekton he's gonna go in and they have like the perfect team fight setup and they end up tra trading one for zero and kills but if that was nor in north america right again we we're talking about unforced errors or things that were uncharacteristically different about this team they go in they all collapse they they go for the fight they really trust in that they can take that fight and I did see C9 kind of taking a step back and playing a little bit more hesitantly uh, against some of these teams. So honestly, that's probably the, the most concerning thing I saw out of them. Um, that doesn't mean that they are, again, like I'm sure that a lot of these teams saw C9 in scrims. We've had some differing opinions. I know Hanabi came out and really, really roasted them. Um, but I, I think that is our is this C9 team quote unquote better than their record? Yes, I would say that they are. All right. Well, I will say they're better than their record, but not by much. We gave the only win that Pentanet got the whole time. We had a lot of moments where we just seemed to throw games and our star players on this team I felt like they just didn't show up. And I, I think that's frustrating. So I definitely think we're better than what we showed, but I I still think people should be fairly disappointed i don't think they exceeded expectations which i've seen some other folks say all right we're finally done with cloud nine i listen if you're an eu listener uh or elsewhere outside north america and you're hearing this and you're thinking this show's just about north america don't worry it's not we just needed to give you me crying uh and us talking <laughs> about it so uh let's i will say this though we don't want it to just be us that are giving these opinions so our question which you can go find in the spotify app if you look look up rift reaction is why did cloud nine fail to escape rumble stage so that's our little q a question you give us your answer we'll talk about it uh, next week as as we find out what what people thought of it anyway let's move on to the teams that did make it out uh we can pour one out right now for pentanet we don't need to say too much for them. I loved Pentanet. I loved their attitude, honestly. If C9 had played with Pentanet's attitude towards this tournament, I feel like they would have done better. Well, Play a lot more fast and loose, you know? We, we love you, Pentanet. But it's time to move on to the winners. All right. What did, what did you think of all this stuff? Let's start with Damwon and, and RNG, because I kind of feel like they are in a different bit of a class. Obviously, they ended up first and second. RNG, I think, was... Were you surprised at all that RNG started what felt like slipping and losing no. these games? Okay. No, I was not. Well, because, you're the LPL fan. Yeah, because, okay, so the thing with RNG is 
they do this all the time. I, I actually tweeted after they had this like really great game against Mad Lions, right? Where they're just cross map trading and, and it's awesome, you know? Like every time Mag go for something, RNG get something more and it's great and it's beautiful and they're playing their one three one and they're playing to side lanes and it's awesome. And I tweeted like, this is exactly how RNG like to play. And then they take these terrible fights against PSG Talon in their next game. And and Kelsey messaged, one of my friends messaged me on, on Twitter, Kelsey Mosier, uh, who is with Evil Geniuses, and she was like, "Okay, you need to retweet this now." And I'm like, "Yes, I do," because this is also how RNG like to play. Sometimes they just take these terrible fights, and their five v five actually is is not that good. So, uh, and, you know, when compared to other LP LPL teams, or when compared to I think Damwon. So, I think we saw the best and the worst of RNG, just like what we saw from them in the split. It's not anything out of the ordinary if you've watched RNG at all. And you said compare to Damwon. So let's jump into Damwon. We had a, a hotline lead caller on, on my other show, uh, the Colin show, where people were discussing or the caller suggested that Damwon would end up being the best team in the tournament because even though they've looked a little, you know, those detonation focus me games were not what you'd expect. They would figure stuff out. They'd get it together. I don't know if you agree with that. And I don't know if you think that they've gotten it together. I don't think it's a matter of figuring stuff out, but I picked Damwon slightly ahead of RNG, and I'm still going to stick with that opinion with the caveat that I feel like I always underestimate LPL teams a lot because I see how, again, how, how fast and loose they play, and I am emotionally attached to them, so I'm always harsher on things I'm emotionally attached to. Um, but with, with that caveat, I think Damwon are a very good team, and I haven't seen outside of some things that P some moves that PSG have made and some moves that RNG have made teams that are willing to in particular PSG I think was really good at this smash them early because I do think they have some weaknesses in their early game in terms of how the team kind of uh, plays with their lanes around Canyon and sometimes they overreach for stuff in the early game that can be punished, uh, especially since they tend to play these kind of slow early games anyway. Uh, I know they didn't always play slow, but as a general rule, that is how Damwon liked to play. So I think that that is probably why they did not pick PSG as opponents because they're probably pretty afraid of them. And I can go on my PSG now rant now or later, but well, I, I was loved say, watching them. On on the you mentioned the opponents thing. I want people to know that we're going to get into predict predictions and discussion of these games that are coming up in just a couple days. But yeah, why don't you go on your PSG rant? Okay, so PSG are awesome, and I love them despite the fact that they again they they do have some hiccups in their mid to late game and they also make mistakes and overreach but what i've really enjoyed watching from psg is that i feel like unlike every other team where damwon comes in their mistakes are incredibly obvious it's not anything you didn't see from them in lck they're still going to be one of the strongest teams rng again did not surprise me uh, they they play like how they played in lpl strengths and weaknesses are pretty much what i expected they're still one of the best teams. But PSG, I really was curious about because they absolutely obliterated the PCS, but I was concerned because they'd 
never played from behind except for one game. There was only one game where they were behind at 15 minutes. It's that struggle of when you're the best team in your league and yeah. by so much, how can you get, like, how can you learn at that point in time? Yeah, I was like, how how is this team going to do? Because I actually don't have a clear cut example of, even though I know some of these players, because they played internationally before, and especially with Doggo coming in, I think it took them a little while to ramp up, but they are the only team where I've seen a like steady upward trajectory in terms of their synchronization, in terms of them kind of having a cohesive style going in and knowing exactly what they want to do. So I really love PSG and I am not at all surprised that Damwon wanted to avoid them in semifinals. Well, couldn't it also just be that they're better than Mad Lions? It could be that too. I think Mad, so I didn't mention Mad there and I should have honestly, because Mad is also another team where I feel like we knew what to expect from them going in, and I feel like their strengths and weaknesses have been somewhat the same as what we expected. Well, and what's so funny, and now we're transitioning to MAD, so we can round out all four. The, the funny thing about MAD was it, it there was a lot of hope, I think, in them in the beginning of Rumble. Like, Mark and I were doing these hot tub streams every day. In fact, I'm still a little soggy from, from the one <laughs> I did today with Raz, but the it was interesting because at one point in time, we weren't even sure if mad was the second best team in the tournament because they had been performing really well you're looking at me very suspiciously right now uh but we we they had been performing really well damn one had looked a little weak you know had these by the second day or the third day i think we it was it was hard to say and obviously now with all these extra games it's very obvious that like damn one is up there on another level but it seemed it did not feel that way in the beginning maybe you feel differently I feel differently because I I think some of their group stage games were a little a little suspicious there. Uh, Didn't everybody have suspicious group stage games outside yes, of RNG? But I'm saying like it's not. Um, you know how I think you also had the caller on Hotline and talked about this, where the you'd rather the team that's been inconsistent in the way that we expected them, like Mad. Um, but I, I think you like look at some of their group stage games and you're like, okay in order for this team to be the second best team at the tournament, they need to shore up a lot of these, uh, a lot of these kind issues. of issues. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Damwon, I think still looked a lot more in control of some of their games. All right. Well, I think that gets us into the predictions for next week and looking ahead. All right. So immediately after I, I heard some Raz was telling me that they actually have a lot of time and they don't need to pick immediately, but apparently Damwon knew in, in, in immediately that they wanted to play mad. <laughs> they wanted to avoid PSG. Is that so? Completely. You think it's they wanted to avoid PSG? I would want to avoid PSG. I think they're the most dangerous team here. You don't think it's just that Damwon's like, yeah, we can beat mad. It's going to be easy. Well, I mean, I think it's a combination of both. Like they're looking at it and they're like, okay, mad lions. We've had two games where we've, you know, kind of, they, they've, been in control of those games right um whereas psg are looking a lot more dangerous so yeah well i'm i'm actually really excited about this psg rng game because i think it's going to be a bloodbath i think that both teams are going to do crazy stuff i think it's going to be entirely entertaining i wouldn't be surprised if and and i'm sorry you fans i i'm not trying to say anything about mad lions but i i th i wouldn't be surprised if especially just because of the way damn one likes to play their game that damn old mad lions game might be kind of boring for somebody who likes to see a lot of kills like me and big fights so i'm i'm kind of 
sad because I feel like it, it's weird. Mad are a team that I do think likes to fight and they like to take skirmishes, but against Damwon, they've had this kind of stifling pressure coming out of Damwon that they just don't seem to know how to deal with early. But yeah, the RNG PSG, I'm kind of concerned for RNG here. Honestly, that's going to be a bloodbath. Well, on the point of the Damwon thing, it, it really reminds me and harkens back to like the old days of, of utter LCK dominance where it was just like, we're going to ward all over and then we're going to know everything. And then you will, we'll just out. We won't even pick the fights. We're just going to slowly invade, take you in these little moments and win the game. Well, and it's weird because Jamwon have lost twice to RNG now. Right. And it's come, uh, in two different ways. One where, you know, RNG, I think, had a really good control over the game and again got to set up the side lanes the way that they wanted to the first time they met. And it, you know, it was kind of when Damwon play this slow paced style, RNG are like, okay, we can play that way too, right? Like, we do like cross map trading, we do like playing to our side lanes. However, um, in their second game, it came down to a few team fights for the game. The game kind of t- got tossed back and forth there a bit. This just happened this morning. It was basically decided from an insane engage from Ming and then followed up by a NAR ult from Xiaohu at Dra- Drake, where RNG were able to close out the game. So I think this uh, this RNG PSG is going to be very interesting because I do think PSG will attack RNG early. And if RNG takes some of these fights, they will probably lose. Well, let's make some quick predictions then so that we can round this baby out. Okay. RNG PSG, who wins? I think it's RNG, but I think it goes all five games. I think it's just incredibly messy. And by the time it comes out, people are just like, there's no way RNG are winning. I mean, I want to make that same prediction, but then I feel like I'm just doing the same thing. So I'm going to say RNG 3-1 over PSG. But I do think that that's going to be very exciting. Whereas I think the next day is going to be a bit of a snooze fest. I'm going to predict Damwon 3-1 over Mad Lions, but I think that it's just going to be... Like the game that Damwon loses, it'll just be some weird thing that happens early game that gives Mad Lions the ability to snowball and then like gives them a bit of control. Because I do think if Mad can wrest control of the game early from Damwon, then they have a pretty good chance. I just think Damwon is going to play smart and safe and then not allow that to happen. Yeah, I think Mad can take a game. That's actually also my prediction. And I don't mind if it seems like I'm copying you. Um, I think that if Mad can get a really good game off of like humanoid on illusion or something where they really, really have insane mid control against Showmaker. Uh, and that's not to say like he doesn't have to be bodying Showmaker in CS. I'm literally just talking about where the lane is so that El Yoya can either farm or invade or interact with his lanes or do whatever Mad Lions wants to do. Typically, El Yoya likes to be with his lanes. He likes being interactive a lot more early. And if they can get that done, then they will take games off of Damwon. However, I think that will only happen once, only because what we've seen from the Rumble stage is that Damwon have a, a really good idea of how to play around what Mad want to do. All right. Final prediction, then the finals. We both have RNG Damwon. I'm going to go RNG, and I'm going to go 3-2. I think it's going to be Damwon 3-1. All right. Well, I guess we'll find out. Uh, exciting. And I'm excited for us to respond to all this next week. We want to get your opinion on who's going to win MSI. 
So similar to uh, the Q&A, please make sure you open up the Spotify app and go search Rift Reaction so that you can vote in our poll. And uh, maybe we'll see a lot of the EU fans might come through and vote for for Mad Lions. We'll see how it goes. All right, it's time for Reaction Shots, which is a segment we get to do at the very end of the show, where after we've talked about everything we know we need to, we get a chance to talk about the things we want to talk about for about a minute or so uninterrupted. I'm going to go first with mine, which is I think it's time for North America to stop optimizing every single thing that we do for international success when it seems like we're going to struggle to get it. I don't think that continuing to grab every single import we can, spend millions and millions more, seems to actually make an impact, right? Like, this is the most expensive roster that has ever been sent to an international event, from my knowledge, at least in North America, but I'm guessing probably ever, and we didn't make it past the Rumble stage. We do a lot of things where we suggest teams scrim harder than ever, we rotate our players out of teams, etc. I want to do a longer form conversation on this but I, th- I just think it's time for us to start to have a heart-to-heart with ourselves on like what is it that we are optimizing for in this region and is it does it make sense to keep doing that as i hit my microphone in frustration anyway that's that's my frustration and i i think a lot of people are going to have a lot of a lot of frustrating opinions on that too but we'll see yeah so here's mine and it's going to be it's going to require a paradigm shift for a lot of people but I think you can do it because I believe in you. And here's what it is. It's okay to feel things besides anger because esports fans have no problem feeling anger. They express it continuously online, whether you know it's appropriate to be angry or not. However, uh, I think it's, re- it's always really frustrating when you want to be able to have a good discussion online or maybe you just want to send out a tweet into the ether about maybe what you think uh happened with c9 or what you think uh mad lions could improve on or what you think rng could improve on or what you think damon could improve on or whatever and so much nuance is lost because i feel like people are so irony poisoned that they cannot bring themselves to like genuinely feel things like it's okay to be sad that c9 didn't make it like it's okay to show that vulnerability i promise you no one's gonna come and attack you i've been sad about kt rollster before i've cried about it it sucks sometimes being a fan sucks Uh, I just wanted to say that it's okay to have genuine emotions about things because I feel like everyone is always like the copium blah 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 and like I'm really sick of it I'm really sick of it just let yourself feel things I promise it's not that bad all right that is the end of the first episode of rift reaction we hope you've enjoyed it be sure to on the spotify app open it up look up the show if you're not already having it in front of you and uh, answer both our Q and a and poll questions so that we can get your opinions in for next week. And we can react to your reactions because this is a show all about reactions. And speaking of that, we'd love to hear your reactions to the first episode. Please tweet at Emily and I, if you have opinions on what we did here, if you want to hear something different, if you think there's a good segment we could add, and we'd love to, uh, to do that because we want to make a show that you like. Anyway, thanks so much, Emily. Hope you have a good week. Yeah, you too. I'm sorry about C9. Yeah, me too. This has been the first episode. Thanks to Spotify. We'll catch you next time.